a very warm and good evening to one and all on behalf of the center for environment climate change and sustainable development at impact and policy research institute terry school of advanced studies and india water portal i welcome you to episode 12 of the state of the environment hashtag planet talks with me simi mehta we have all grown up listening to reading and watching stories real and imaginative most of these remain etched in our memories if they have something that captures our imaginations they are very powerful mechanisms to create our realities and also to provide explanations to them science fiction has been inherent to the futures we envision with or without going through the past experiences and make us more likely to respond to the impending events in this way use of science fiction or sci-fi acts as one of the ways to capture the imaginations and alternative futures and what best would one want if these help to promise sustainability and development essentially the sci-fi can become important teaching and survival tools to head towards different perhaps even better futures in fact the scenarios approach using science fiction can help individuals communities businesses and also nations to develop a capacity for dealing with the unknown to learn more about the science fiction and sustainability we have with us professor ananjit goswami associate professor and head of department of social and political studies of the faculty of behavioral and social sciences at manav rachna international institute of research and studies in the past he has worked with terry and terry school of advanced studies where he has led projects supported by angtad uk aid and asian development bank in the areas of trade sustainable development macro macroeconomic implications of taxes and subsidies on fossil fuels economic growth and its implications on demand and supply professor goswami was based in the un economic cooperation for africa at addis ababa as part of the south south collaboration initiative of terry during 2007 to 9 Professor Goswami holds a PhD in energy policy and rural energy transition from Terry School of Advanced Studies in New Delhi. Thank you Professor Goswami for joining us this evening. I now invite you to make your presentation. Over to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much uh, Simi. Uh, thank you so much my dear friend Arjun and everyone in uh, your organization in IMPRI and Terry School of Advanced Studies. so uh, let me straight get to the point uh, so i have a presentation slides but what i will do what i feel that let's not make this public lecture a boring exercise so i will uh, first try to uh, create a context setting of why science fiction and sustainability and why i chose this title now if you think about this title the the allegory or the thought that goes which has been going on my mind for a long time since i started working on the uh, domains of sustainability way back in 2003 that how can science fiction meet sustainability and become sustainability and how can sustainability meet science fiction and become a science fiction so it's a, it's a very interesting uh, bonding between the two you gave a hint uh, uh, simi about the point of scenario scenario is a bridge by which 
this relationship can be established where science fiction meets sustainability and it can become sustainability but the important question is that can it live as a character can science fiction become sustainability and become a character of sustainability if i uh, clearly think in terms of uh, uh, literature now having said that uh, let's ponder a little bit about what is a fiction why i am using the word fiction first of all fiction is something if you summarize is something which has a plot a character a specter a flow a music a drama and sub layers of character to me sustainability today's context whatever you see also has the same layers it also is marked with this facets of a plot a character a specter a drama sub narratives and then there is a possibility of pluralism in it now having also said this sustainability has many domains uh, in technical terms what we generally say it has economic ecological social political governance environmental we know the genesis of the un brutland commission report which was then when led to the genesis of sustainable development i'm not going to the technical details google is there everyone knows about that uh, i will like to take you all through a more insightful philosophical journey why sustainability and science fiction we need to constantly see together as an entity the reason is sustainability is something like a mix of a, a two colors like green and yellow which then leads to murky brown and where each of these colors have their own identity and similarly for a fiction you ask anyone you ask any ch a child or anyone ask yourself a question what is a science fiction you will never have a, the right answer towards it uh, roger uh, roger shelley had once said that anyone who gets an answer to the fiction is a fiction by her, himself or herself so that is the that is the mystery and that is the enigma of sustainability also so these are more in the metaphorical domain i am saying but in today's discussion i will only pick on not on the economics of it not on the sociology nothing i will pick on to the very critical historical facts and take those historical facts of science fiction and bring in an interjection of sustainability into it that will be my main aim in the next 10 15 minutes and then i will pick up some case studies and wherever required i will request uh, our colleague and dear friend ritika to open up one slide wherever i will require to substantiate what i am saying now if you if you see the journey of uh, the history of science fiction broadly from the 17th 18th 19th century if you see there are french writers british writers neo latin and german writers writing a lot about science fiction if you read those uh, narratives you will see a lot of that in a way is pondering on some of the domains of sustainability that i am mentioning many people call jules verne as a starting point of science fiction but the truth is if you go back even study upanishad uh, the vedas the mahabharata our own mythology you study the oriental literature study Af african literature you will see actually jules verne is the end point ironically the truth is that he is more like the end point at least of a dominant francophone scientific tradition or a science fiction fiction tradition which got to be taken as science fiction the lots of french science fiction was written to the 20th century of course but there was a predominance of american science fiction the entire americanization of everything of the culture started happening 
into the late 21st and the center of gravity shifted towards americanization of science fiction and also the sustainability question in science fiction you will see there is a change from the 21st century and it is dominated by your uh, political discourse the way the world was shaping up the way the society was shaping up none of the characters if you see were created in the science fiction where even though we have called the fictions it was finally a writer's imagination an author's imagination and the, a writer and an author is not beyond the politics of sustainability so if you study deep down you will actually find out the layers of sustainability into the writing discourse into the characterization of the plot i can give you one simple example many people say that in 1920 hugo gensberg hugo gensberg is been thought of as the as the genesis or the main person who started the today's science fiction and sustainability discourse that uh, you are seeing but that is a, that has a lot of push of the hegemonization of american science fiction in the world war construct remember at that point of time world war was also happening and world war had a major impact also in terms of what america was thinking at that point of time and uh, many people in the if you study if you study uh, robert adams who is a historian who only works on science fiction and sustainability he has extensively written that uh, the 1920s point of guns uh, hugo gensberg can be called as scientification where there is a technology dominance and we know that sustainability also at the same time started to get a technology dominance if you study the discourse of sustainability i mean david attenborough in the latest documentary has mentioned very clearly how our sustainability discourse or, or the word sustainable development word also started getting uh, to be uh, dominated by one sort of thinking and which happened from 1920 something went wrong many people in 1974 used the word which was coined anthropocentric which we use a lot in these days where the essentially a human centric word which we know anthropocentric what does it mean you are a, all are experts of climate action and climate change research so you will know that i don't need to discuss on that but what i will further say is that why don't we look on to something like uh, way back into the greek history why don't we look on to let, let me raise some inconvenient facts and truth which you will not read somewhere why don't we study what what was happening uh, in the uh, greek mythology what was happening in the hindu mythology what was happening uh, way back uh, way back in a time when in theory in, in the greek mythology you will see that there is a mention that to charter a ship and travel to the sicily to the gates of heracles and these are characters of a fiction i'm saying uh, there was a hypothesization that human beings at that point of time were already started to becoming exosomatic exosomatic means you live out of your bounds you are thinking of a plural world out there and you are trying to voyage into that now this pre of voyaging into an unknown charter is nothing new i mean today you see in interstellar that when murphy's dad goes to an another and yesterday we all know that spacex has launched their uh, first uh, four astronauts in we all know that but this is nothing new i'm saying that if you go back uh, during the times of greek mythology in our own uh, hindu mythology there are innumerable references of that travel upwards through space or sometimes downwards into hollow earth mar um, marvels were being mentioned again and again 
and they were thought of a discipline of science fiction and sustainability to know the earth and to know the nature more okay so historically as i'm saying in today's talk i am not going to get to any other domains i will pick history and from history i will put a narration or reflection or a little bit of introspection how sustainability was bringing up or how sustainability was coming so if i may say that this space travel or time travel this this is nothing new the greek mythology has spoken about travel through space and time sustainability also talks a lot about space and time so that's the that's the that's the allegory or rather the analogy between the two sustainability when you study you have to study in the context of space and time because sustainability is a very organic or a dynamic subject what is sustainable today will not be tomorrow it is constantly evolving and uh, here i think literature in a way helps us a lot science fiction introduces us also to the world of technology and sustainability together which today we talk of this green technologies today we talk of this uh, all this renewable technology forms so suddenly it has become a buzzword or a business business acumen because there's a business out of it but if you study literature literature was always saying these points about the impacts of technology of or, or how the technology is shaping up society and culture let me give an example way back in 1632 there was a novel by charles sorels i don't know how many of you have read about that can you imagine in 1632 that novel was mentioning about an android woman today we talk of android woman today we talk of humanoids it was in 1632 you see for the first time a reference on how the deep human psychology is going to change 1632 just think of how the how how the history was so advanced and uh, it represents an earliest instances of a sort of science fiction which was questioning our societal domain now having said that broadly if you see the canvas science fiction uh, and sustainability can be divided into stories of travel through space travel through time travel through imaginary technologies and each of these are having a respective impact on the social ecological economic environmental governance and political domains they all are having connections to these domains of sustainability which you mentioned that the scenarios i always think that if you do a modeling it's best to read a science fiction and then get to a meeting room and do a mo modeling policy scenario it really helps you there is also a fourth form which has become again very fashionable these days which we call dystopia yeah but again dystopia is nothing new Uh, the, which we called a fourth form which is called a utopian or a dystopian fiction uh, i mean many people will give you reference of dystopian fiction as orwell's 1984 or 1921 we the russian uh, novel many people will tell you okay read aldous huxley's uh, brave new world these are all examples which people will quote you these are known facts i'm not going to get to this what i'm trying to get to is to another point that a dystopian uh, science fiction or a dystopian science fiction essentially connects to sustainability because it tries to create a new world it tries to question an alternative reality which can be sometimes very shocking which cannot be i mean uh, uh, 10 years back covid could have been a dystopia if someone would have written about covid could have been a dystopic science fiction today it's not anymore 
but what what does a writer want to do a writer through a dystopic science fiction construe an alternate but a self consistent society and create a historical bridging connect with the history of sustainability so today uh, we talk about this world building on when we talk about sustainability we talk about a plural world we talk about peace the sdg goals the 17 goals it's a lot about building a, about a world it's about a reimagining a new future but uh, my point is that the in the past it has already been done what is something new or we need to get an insight that why we are thinking this way the way we are thinking right now i mean if i give you an example johann kepler's somnium in 1634 was a taking which is a 17th century work had already spoken about uh, about uh, about a human voyage which was which was which was not even uh, which was not even thought but then what happened in between that science fiction and sustainability were not being bridged and something it it was completely vanished from the literature from uh, from uh, everywhere between uh, between the if i give you an example during the late 16th and early 17th century you will see that from between the greeks and the renaissance period there is no talk of science fiction and sustainability concepts together why i mean this question when i started writing my own work on science fiction and sustainability uh, because i wanted to express myself i was constantly thinking that i'm not able to say in my own research projects or papers the chaos that i am having within me i'm not able to express it and fiction is the only way to express that because fiction gives you lot of more room and leverage to play with imagination uh, fiction helps you to imagine or create a new world order which which maybe a project report or a research paper will not do it it is also a different discipline so that discipline has a very different order of its own which is also a good discipline but it limits yourself now in this uh, period what happened between the greek and uh, renaissance was if you see that here i bring religion now there was a massive dominance of the catholic uh, which you will see and the reemergence of science fiction is again happening once there is a once there is a protestant culture which is developing so during the late 16th and early 17th century suddenly the balance of scientific inquiry to sustainability started but there was a sort of speculation that came and you know who was the uh, i call it uh, one of the events in 1629 as a very key event which led to this purge if you study the history of science fiction and sustainability decartes was uh, was uh, kept he had to flee and he settled in holland in 1629 because the catholics uh, were chasing after his life they wanted to kill him that's why in my own book when i wrote lucy and the train twist with sustainability the book starts with a quote uh, which is paying a tribute to decartes i think therefore i am it was not because i am thinking therefore i am i it was my humble tribute that it there's a history of thousand years of science fiction and sustainability and after reading that i am saying that okay this kind of speculative scientific inquiry started with 1629 when suddenly the catholic church was getting questioned by the protestant movement and the protestant reformation that got into the scientific inquiry there was a there was a uh, there was a uh, there was a cons to it i mean what it also led to 
anthropocentrism also can be uh, uh, related to decartian thinking because people started thinking the human beings and scientific inquiry can control everything so decart is on one hand created a scientific inquiry which bridged with sustainability on the other hand it also led to a different sort of movement which is which can go against sustainability now in decart's mind what was there was the there was a condemnation of the we all know that the catholic church had condemned galileo's astronomical work now the question is why because the catholic church always had the belief that christ is the sole rescuer and there is one single christ and the ptolemaic view at that point of time you all know ptolemaic view was the uh, is called a geomorphism or the geocentric view which means that the earth is the center of everything and anything in the solar system is an expansion of earth so earth is the center of sustainability movement or earth is the cent central to the central to your sustainability thinking so that was the ptolemaic thinking and galileo questioned that so with galileo the catholics got scared okay now there can be many christ right or because they thought that there is one single christ there is one savior who will come who will come and will uh, conquer and will rescue everyone but now with this scientific inquiry it was a clash of ideas and that's why in lucy uh, lucy in the first, now i can uh, after almost what uh, lucy i wrote in 2009 and it's almost now 2020 i can break the secret now and since people read the book is that uh, uh, Th that was a silent uh, one liner dedication that i did in the book lucy to this entire politics uh, when i was writing i think therefore i am i mean there's a, a, a cultural clash and cultural clash and uh, politics of religion behind the science fiction and sustainability discourse and i am stating you facts in 1600 1629 descartes with descartes is a science fiction sustainability synthesis happens before that the galilean discourse how the catholics are uh, protesting because galileo's uh, vision the new will question the single existence of christ which means the existence of plurality in this solar system which means that there are many earths if there are many earth in a way that's what sustainability is that there are many truths there are multiple truths there are many christ there is not one single human being who is going to create a sustainability solution and today the world is in a crisis because we have forgotten that history if if so for instance if we promote a renewable energy one solution that's not the way we have to think of multiple solutions we have to think that the christ can come in the name of renewable energy somewhere it can come through the name of biomass somewhere it can come through some other form of decentralized technology so uh i'm not getting to the technical discourse but what i'm trying to say is that if you are not philosophical or if you are not spiritual in your studying of climate action or climate change or climate science or sustainability you cannot make a new beginning so it's very important to be spiritual even while you study climate science or you get to the discourse of climate science so bruno in 1600 uh, had to sacrifice his life because uh, of his catholic uh, inquisition inquisition or an inquisitive mind and if you later read uh, uh, dante is making a point that there are inhabitants who are not only in this world they are all across the universe so it is dante who is bringing a discourse of an expansionary universe the hindu mythology by the way had recognized it much much long ago i'm saying that within the european system the clashes between the discourses and 
this was already acknowledged in the hindu mythology discourse in the afrocentricism in many places i say that there is an there is a need that we bring in more of afrocentricism in science fiction and sustainability debate rather than an european discourse because that has destroyed the uh, sustainability question itself and i'm saying it very strongly i think uh, sticking to one form of european culture and seeing everything in an european lens is not going to do good when we study sustainability also we need to uh, look on to other cultures which were existing earlier also now having said that uh, if if i now give you a little citation of a very recent work in 1993 so whatever i'm saying i'm also going to give you a facts a fact based proof of that that emson the emson in wrote a uh, book called essays on renaissance literature the book came out in 1993 where uh, where he mentions i'm quoting emson over here emson says that the church believed that the god sent christ to earth to save humanity and create sustainability and suddenly two churches were created and therefore the sacramental view of that humanity or sustainability has to be sacrificed was questioned and hence the clash began and hence the new form of 1629 science fiction and sustainability discourse which started happening now this is the science fiction imagination that i am uh, talking over here and it increasingly if you see from 1629 it becomes a function of the western protestant culture now i'm getting to the cultural domain so whatever the western protestant culture also uh, th thought about sustainability you see a reflection of that in the writing you see a reflection of that in the in the in the in the characterization now to 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 just if i uh, if i just make now two schools of thought the two schools of thought was what the catholics then started thinking that look whatever we will push now in a science fiction and sustainability context will be more magical so fantasy magical monsters elves men dwarves hobbits they are the sole conquerors they are the sole they are the sole rescuers of sustainability debate they will rescue so if you read uh, tolkien's lord of the rings 1952 53 just read in between the lines in between the text you will clearly see tolkien very subtly attaches anything which is like machines are close to evil so the world the sustainability is in tolkien's work is saved through how through a god through a magic through a wizard if you read harry potter you also sense that very clearly if you read harry potter deeply again and again you will see clearly that cultural influence coming in and how subtly even uh, rowling is not also beyond this skepticism and criticism because she is also propagating some way that culture anyway so that is on one side the catholic discourse and on the other side the protestant the protestant side they took a, a conscious appeal that okay what is more civilizational what is not supernatural what is more scientific what is more more contextualized in terms of uh, for a scientific inquiry is called science fiction and sustainability now let us try to understand when does then sustainability become science fiction and when science fiction then becomes sustainability one simple example is that when the when the science fiction 
creates a plurality or a plural world of multiple possibilities it becomes sustainability and when does a sustainability become science fiction when that sustainability discourse is creating multiple plots in your mind if uh, if i now uh, open to one of the slides i think uh, i will give you one uh, i will ask one slide to be open uh, go to the slide i will tell you go to the slide uh, 15 just go to the slide uh, just stop over here just stop over here stop over here stop over here so if you if you see i have i have mentioned a few slides of uh, the war of the worlds which is hg wells we all know it's, it's just like a summary that i did that how different science fiction works and now i'm getting to a little bit of case study domain so how the how the stories if you take the stories they are opening up multiple plots to you and they are also getting to a sustainability question so if you read the war of the worlds 1898 the first hand cover of it came and then it became a serialized uh, series in uh, 1897 now what does the genre do the the plot is what the plot is nothing but it challenges the way of understanding the world there is a superior imperialist british race which is outweighed by a martian technology that's simplistically that's what the story is trying to create or the undertoning of the story is like that now it tells it through a plot the plot is which is on the right side of the column which i have said that martians are doing the same thing as done by british in their colonies comparisons are drawn with extinction of bison and dodo so see how subtly the animals are also coming how the animals how the cultural race how how uh, uh, migration how issues of religion like christianity are coming so i just picked up this just to tell you that if you deeply study if you deeply study hg wells why hg wells was writing all this that's the question why hg wells chose these characters why hg wells thought like this why hg wells th- brought christianity only in that religion reference christianity which poses humanity above nature you immediately see a connection to that catholic thinking of jesus as the single bearer saving the saving the earth and that way in a way is a little bit of antithesis to what we have been thinking over sustainability discourse now uh, move to the next slide move to the next slide let me give you another case study of who goes there a 1938 john w campbell's work 1938 means i said that 1920 is hugo gernsberg modern day science fiction which we call so who goes there is science fiction where the world view is constantly questioned rationalism is questioned and with the subtle uh, subtle narrative of sustainability also how they create a plot where uh, there is a long buried spaceship in antarctica and the people over there who are stationed they discover an alien body the conflict between nature and human science is then explained when the alien started to take the form of any life with which it has contact so imagine how the plurality of human existence rationality of human body i mean why i am saying again and again if we have to get to a sustainability discourse we have to study science fiction scenarios so see it's it's a question of existence it's a question of humanity it's a question of human body it's a question of uh, 
why the person chose antarctica today we know why antarctica also antarctica has a politics when we uh, when we discuss in context of climate change we know that the glacier melting all those aspects we know that those facts so uh, do you think that they have not imagined they they had imagined these things but they told it in a very subtle way but again uh, we know today the gender narratives we talk a lot we uh, talk about the sdg goals where we talk about the gender empowerment issues but if you read that only a mother in 1948 judith merrill work it was a first time it spoke about the intersection of a public science and domestic life and a fascinating work where a mother is constantly writing a letter to her husband posted in a secret station related to a nuclear warfare about possibilities of mutation in her baby just see the plot the warfare is nuclear because it is destructive so somewhere see the clash or the chaos of existence the the writer could have taken any other warfare the writer could have taken just any other warfare but the writer somewhere is taking a nuclear warfare which is a self destructive human race is trying to on one side create a self destruction and on the other side there is a baby and the baby is also uh, uh, and the mother is mother is worried that the baby will ha can have a mutation so see the see see the dialectics and that brings me towards the brings me towards the last uh, part of uh, i will not go deeply through the other slides because i think i have already mm, short my time it's already i've crossed lot of i think it's more than 10 15 minutes so uh, what i will like to say is that that finally what you like to see is that the concept of a tension and sustainability so what is unique in any any in any case of science fiction and sustainability is that essentially a tension has to be brought out now the tension also is a very key facet of sustainability tension of multiple ideas when uh, when arjun simi aritika does an interdisciplinary research of one topic they get multiple views they discuss debate don't agree so sustainability is all about this tension there was a recent work by dan simmons uh, uh, his work again i am citing because today i am not going to get to as i said i can talk about hours on every domain but i won't i am just taking instances of culture and philosophy so that i can restrict the time dan simmons prize winning work called hyperion in 1989 let me give you a very interesting story opens with a story where a priest haunted by a question that okay the priest gets up one day and thinks okay is christ the universal savior is christ is what the universe is being saved by so what he decides he travels he takes a travel to a distant corner of the galaxy and finds there a race of seemingly idiot aliens so idiot aliens are idiot see the politics aliens are idiot someone searching christ going to the end part of the galaxy and all the aliens were holding or were carrying a glowing cross on their torsos now apparently the priest was very ec ecstatic they, uh, the priest said okay look in on the earth we believe that christ is the savior even christ is over here the christ is saving uh, the aliens over here also everyone is holding the christ uh, on their torsos but apparently what happened was that the cross shaped uh, thing was actually a pernicious alien parasite and what was done it was done to track the priest the, the it was a work of an alien parasite who was constantly trying to 
trying to essentially see who are the races who are also existing over here and the priest was completely disillusioned hyperion this uh, simple story establishes that a sadistic creature called the shrike is kidnapping and inflicting terrible pain upon various inhabitants of the planet so in a nutshell the story that i'm trying to say is that this tension not only within earth when we talk about sustainability is going to exist the language of sustainability will always be full of tensions uh, here i will like to quote a little bit of uh, pablo neruda pablo neruda had once uh, written that what should be the language of a rain that falls on a tormented city uh, the more the more i think about that i always think and that will be the last line with which i will conclude the talk that what will be the what will be the language of science fiction and sustainability together so that each becomes the other on a sit on a tormented city of each of on each tormented city of the world right now thank you thank you very much professor anand ji uh, it was uh, wonderful listening to you and uh, you have dis- uh, so vividly described the evolution of science fiction the space and time and the allegory and the adaptation to sustainability it was really uh, wonderful listening to you thank you for enlightening us this evening um, we have a number of questions uh, from the audience uh, but before that um, i mean uh, you can choose to answer and you can keep your responses brief so that we uh, uh, are able to finish the um, session on time Uh, so uh, so one question is that we have seen uh, very recently in 2016 how the american military planes um, you know since 2016 onwards began to run war games um, incorporating different climate change scenarios um, while focusing on the geopolitical uh, and socioeconomic instability in the world uh, which are also linked to extreme weather patterns um my question is that do we need such scenario approach uh, to know whether uh, we are moving towards an unsustainable and a heated globe uh, or should we rather focus on the course correction uh, to ensure that the global temperatures do not rise above uh, say for example 2.5 degree celsius of the pre industrial levels basically do we need such uh, uh, scenarios or do we instead focus on a course correction okay let uh, me let me let me, yeah. let me uh, how how much time do i have because there there can be lots uh, of answers will, to this question uh, you can uh, so uh, i can uh, put pose all the questions to you and in the no, next no. 15 let, minutes let we me can... take, let me let me take one by one because uh, sure. then i can okay, uh, okay. as more thoughts come i can tell you keep on telling you so sure. let me first sure. let me first uh, straight forward whoever has asked this question uh, say this that look if you read the ipcc reports and everything we have already crossed that 1.5 degree threshold we are at 420 ppm and if we so we have already crossed the peaking point okay the the uh, rather the tipping point the tipping point is the right word so the question the right question to ask is that how we stabilize ourselves now we have already messed up okay let's i'm sorry to say we're already in a dystopia we have already got to the tipping point because we have crossed which should have been 350 ppm we have got to 420 uh, again i am saying watch the david attenborough's documentary life on the planet everyone is watching it these days 
in uh, Netflix. And if you follow David Attenborough's work or any other uh, climate activist or climate scientist, go to work. We all know that our challenge right now is to get that 420 back to at least somewhere to 409 or 410. We have already, so within that situation, what is a real or pragmatic option? That's the real, that's the question to ask. Because the reality is already distorted. Now, having said that, I also will like to be optimistic. Now, my optimism is that, that, yeah, we can do small, small things. We can move towards a simple lifestyle. We can move towards much more lesser use of energy. I mean, I, again, don't want to get to my other energy research and that domain. But uh, to cut the long story short, that uh, there are 10 to 12 sectors where we can reduce energy consumption. They, we need to, uh, only, only mitigation and adaptation measures are not enough. I think we need a massive, massive uh, human behavior and cultural change. See, human behavior change will just not happen like that. Why I chose science fiction and sustainability? Because we have done enough scientific work. The world has not changed, right? It took a, it took a COVID to shake us up, right? So that that's how things change. Things many times they they will change when we also bring out a cultural revolution. Now, cultural revolution. I'm not telling that you all start becoming a pop a populist a populist and start doing all sorts of uh, uh, rebel movements. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying that you can do simple things even in your own, own lifestyle. And if you can just do a little bit of simple thing, that collectively can make a lot of lot of lot of change. The ethics is missing. You know, uh, Simi. I see. What pains me is that the ethics of doing something is missing. And in a dystopia, we are currently in a dystopia. Mm. By the way, if your ethics goes out. From where, whatever you are doing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no one to give a more moral lecture or gyan to all of you because I also have many limitations. But I think we can be ethical. We being moral, immoral is a very different question. But it, being ethical is easy if we push ourselves. We can at least be little ethical. If we can be a little ethical, then is the next question of morality. Let's first be ethical. If we are ethical, that 420 will come to 400, 405 ppm. I mean, that's again my boundary definition. I'm being in a very positive, optimistic scenario. Being ethical, in policy modeling, we create these scenarios, right? So if in a very ethical, just society with no inequities or with a proper distribution, with very minimal consumption, minimal, where the distribution is proper, I think we that because it's see it's in uh, the world's question is now a distribution question. The world's question is not uh, is not a generation question. I think it's now a distribution question. Uh, uh, we know what capitalism has done. I'm not uh, I'm not pro capitalist or anti capitalist. I'm not pro anything. I'm just saying I am just a factual observer. That's how I have conducted my talk over here. I factually observe things and I'm stating. So in our own lifestyle, if we do that, it's good. On the other question of the military that you said, look, uh, I studied a little bit of IR also. Uh, I don't have a degree in IR, but I keep on studying IR and uh, because I love the subject. And uh, so we all know, right, uh, what sort of IR discipline is now going. It's a cycle. 
so uh, we definitely not in a constructivism world we are definitely not in a liberalism world we are definitely not in a uh, we are rather uh, we, we are seeing a very different type of realism leadership very different type of realism dominant realism leadership in ir discourse since you have studied ir and i know some of you have studied ir so in a dominant centrist realism discourse we cannot be very utopian we cannot think of we cannot think of a world where no one will have military pursuits or strategies no i mean that's a reality it will be there the question is how do we bring an ethics to it uh, i i think i think we, if if i say that it will be a very peaceful world with no geopolitical strategies with no military strategies i mean come on i can be so i i have i can't say i can't make such naive statements that's not how the world politics works uh, but how do we bring an ethics to it how can we bring an ethics into that leadership or the decision making if 1% we achieve i think i think the world can be a better place okay that's that's sure, my optimism certainly yeah thank you thank you for your words of optimism in fact uh, um, as researchers we are uh, coming across very frequently and uh, very strongly and that is a good thing that um, uh, ethical considerations of research are um, implicit in um, and also indispensable to uh, various uh, international projects and uh, this is actually fostering a, a greater and inclusive and also sustainable research methods and as uh, so as many other participants join in and there are several as education higher education flourishes definitely we um, we are um, good to be an uh, on an optimistic note so can, can thank I, you very much you? sir can i give uh, you, can i give you an analogy so all of you all of you have read hind swaraj right all of you have hind, mm. you, you have read hind swaraj so mm. you all should read a book called uh, hind swaraj and marx the rishi it was written by hardal tagore i recently read the book uh, so hind swaraj is about restraint uh, i can ha- i can have many differences with but what essentially is about a restraint thinking about the other other person other species other before your action so even if in research when we do something if i can think of one another person that what impact it is going to make with my action that's enough for the world to be good right right thank you sir thank you um so going on to the um, next question um in fact it is uh, very closely related to what you have responded um, analytical tools uh, scientific methods and scientific techniques these are when these are combined with um, often dry descriptions when we read research papers and uh, various uh, documents they are almost always preferred Uh, at the expense of storytelling metaphors and creativity which can evoke the readers imaginations what are your views regarding this should it be an either or uh, choice or can we see a convergence between the two what no, is the I, best scenario yeah, you in know, your yeah. view no it's a fascinating question uh, i i a fascinating question and but i am a dreamer also and i'm talking about sustainability and sustainability means as i said the uh, the yellow and green mixing to be a murky brown right so i will say that both should converge and try to build up a relationship of coexistence mm. 
uh, and i'm sure if you see the pattern of writing also is changing now uh, the just uh, just pick up what sort of work is getting nobel prize in economics we know what problem economics as a discipline did to the uh, world i mean uh, the kind of work which was doing which was being done or award awarded they were not always essential or necessary necessarily it was for the good of the humanity at large right so also the reductionist equations were not doing any good to the humanity at large but i think uh, the counter thought has already started coming if you i was reading a work uh, that in um, uh, i'm sorry i am uh, quoting uh, usa over here because i still think that there are brilliant scholars all across the world i don't only want to give a european and usa centric view i am very much against that i think scholars are there all across the world that's sustainability for me uh, so uh, but still there is a movement in usa where 200 lead statisticians and uh, have now objected and said that in their papers they are not going to use statistics and jargons like that and they belong to harvard and many other top level ivy league schools i'm not talking that the they are from any universities they have realized the disillusionment themselves now when you see something like this happening is definitely a signal towards convergence right because see i i don't think analytical analytical mindset and approach is extremely important i myself my training was uh, i was using equations and stuff and since i got into the depth of that i realized that i need to study science fiction and sustainability if i would not have done that i would not have realized the essence of also the story and i'm still struggling i'm still struggling i just started to understand a little after 40 years that's great thank you sir so um, moving on to the next question um, science fiction impacts the thought processes of individuals in ways that stirs up imaginations and that is a given so when we talk about sustainability and prosperous futures the responsibility the ultimate responsibility rests with the policy makers to implement the changes uh, what level of policy responses or responsiveness do you hope and expect to be a testimony to hmm. well uh, again as i am saying that uh, i i the way i believe is that you cannot take away policy responses from the politics of policy making and the politics of policy implementation they are very they they go hand in hand they go hand in hand so if i see my role my role is to stir that imagination and it's actually both way a policy maker can also i mean in my own career and i have been several times been pushed by the questions and the cutthroat criticisms and anguishes of many policy makers on a work they have improved me and pushed me on on imagining further but i think when we create that imagination when we create that we should not have an expectation of a response immediately because you know then somewhere your motivation can go down because you need to remember the fact that the imagination will not necessarily lead to a translation of action immediately because actions happen through a psychological change you have if you have hit the psychology or the psyche of the policy maker somewhere down the line it will pass on 
but if you have an expectation okay i will immediately get a response you will get frustrated so mm-hmm. also you need to have your own zone of sanity to constantly create an imagine so mm-hmm. you create the imagination you let the space for policy maker i mean come on that's also sustainability relationship let the policy maker have the policy maker space let me create my space and then we gel and see as uh, pablo neruda had said how rain falls can fall on a tormented city what is the language of convergence that is i think uh, the right question at this point of time is what simi you are asking me it's a very good question but also a, a very pertinent question is that what is that language that we are looking for what is the language say uh, arjun you and your team is looking for to create a response what is the language that the policy maker is looking for from you okay that that's that, that's yeah. the that's yeah. the that's that's the uh, sure because sure it, it is also so, communication yeah. hmm hmm right right thank you sir uh, there is a question uh, by an anonymous attendee in your lecture you quoted the green uh, greek mythology on how science fiction has been there in greek history so this question is in indian context as you said in the beginning that vedas upanishads have some essence of science fiction and sustainability can you explain any one incident mentioned in these vedas and upanishads or quoted any character from indian mythology who have so yeah, who have shown many. science fiction and simultaneously just one if you could many 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 i mean i remember uh, i remember when i was in class 9 uh, when i was in class 9 i started uh, my so i had a wonderful teacher uh, i think your imagination is shaped by the school teachers and that teacher uh, i still uh, remember his name i used to call him uh, uh, ashubabu and sudhabau sudhabau right that was his name so he was a very simple person that old school teacher who will push you to think imagine he taught me gravity through a story in vedas and then uh, in upanishad where someone was trying to create a ladder out of the earth and going to another set of universe and every time they were trying to do it they were falling down now if you see the later on when i read that and later on anyways uh, that was about gravity later on when i was reading about dark matter and there's a fantastic uh, work by uh, joseph campbell and john bears in youtube is a philosopher by the way joseph campbell was a person who got deeply influenced by hindu mythology and philosophy and its impact on science so you must see a series there's a six six lecture series of that where he is quoting from hindu mythology and showing today what we call dark matter when we quote a site stephen hawking or roger penrose getting the latest nobel of the cyclical theory they were all measured in the in the mantras the chant the sound today nasa comes up with uh, nasa comes up with this uh, they have come up with this sound of hell you know this sonification technique where they are where they are measuring the sounds of galaxy the uh, the the interactions of galaxy the sound of black hole which they are calling when when a star is shrinking to a black hole there is a sound which is the uh, helix nasa uh, nasa helix i am forgetting the exact word but the nasa helix sound system instagram also has that it's really scary 
so what they're doing they're taking the spectrum they're taking the light emission and they're converting it to corresponding a sound frequency and then generating so every star has a light spectrum now this is nothing new you see the vedas when the when the veda mantras were uh, chanted the frequency why certain frequencies synchronizes with our mind why certain frequencies synchronizes with our state of the mind i'm saying that i'm not getting to the politics of it but if there is something good in something it's my duty to read it deeply and take out the science out of it i'm not getting to the politics of uh, politics is a, a politicization of that is a very different altogether a, a different matter in which i'm not good at but it is my duty also to say that on one side from 1629 or if you read francis bacon we only read this uh, ptolemian thinking or a copernican thinking it's also our duty to see that the same thing was being also told by our ancient uh, mythology and also this the same references you will get in african african mythologies also it's not only indian by the way take any early any early early civilization in history they are there my uh, pain sometimes is that what have we added to it you know when we started from such a modern modernity what has been our addition to that modernity we cannot just continue that we had this we also have to add something to that modernity right and say that okay this has been our contribution to that modernity that's what i think uh, somewhere has gone a little wrong anyways that's a different story altogether sure um, so um, i would uh, request uh, dr arjun kumar if he is here to uh, make his uh, concluding comments uh, in the next 5 minutes so that uh, we are able to finish on time sorry i dr kumar i have overshot i have overshot time sorry about that no issues no issues it was uh, really i personally enjoyed listening to you um, dr arjun yeah, yeah. Yes. yes uh, first yes. of all uh, i would like to yes uh, congratulate dr goswami for uh, uh, putting across his views here uh, but uh, many things you know i come from hindi belt so uh, very tough english i must say <laughs> of course but it is science fiction and literature uh, uh, really to uh, hindi mein bol dunga yaar in fact we have a question uh, in fact we have had a question here uh, mm-hmm. as to um yeah are these are these discourses available in hindi or does it mean that only english medium students can understand no, no. Uh, science yeah, yeah. fiction See, this th- is creating an, more inequality exactly exactly no that's a that's a fundamental that's a brilliant question and that's why main hindu mythology text upanishad ved ye sab bol raha hu kyunki mujhe lagta hai ki language main isliye bar bar language ke baad bol raha hu kyunki ye agar koi angrezi nahi pad pa raha hai या नहीं पर, जरूरत नहीं है सबको अंग्रेजी आना हो, जरूरी है इमेजिनेशन अंग्रेजी से नहीं आता है इमेजिनेशन अपने वर्णकुलस से ही आता है और इमेजिनेशन वर्णकुलस ही स्ट्रॉन्ग होता है तो हम हमारे पुराने किताब या हमारे साहित्य से भी कर सकते हैं मैं एक्चुअली एक इसमें बताना चाहता हूं कि आई रेड साइंस फिक्शन मोस्टली फर्स्ट इन बेंगोली सो इन एटीन एट्टी टू विक्टोरियल बेंगोली साइंस फिक्शन मैगजीन ओनली ऑन वर्नकुलर साइंस फिक्शन सो 
maybe simi for the for the person who has questioned you can open the slide uh, slide 2 and 3 उसके सामने चले जाइए और आगे 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 हाँ नो नो गो डाउन गो डाउन गो डाउन गो डाउन नेक्स्ट 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 इसके बाद ये देखिए सो सी दिस स्लाइड इन दिस एंटायर स्लाइड आई हैव ओनली मेंशन बेंगोली बिफोर इवन गोइंग टू बिफोर इवन गोइंग टू बिफोर इवन गोइंग टू इंग्लिश बिकॉज मैं अंग्रेजी बहुत बात पढ़ना शुरू किया मैं सचमुच मतलब एकदम दिल से बता रहा हूं मुझे खुद लगता है कि पहले अपने मातृभाषा पढ़ना चाहिए तो वो हिंदी हो सकता है किसी के लिए मराठी हो सकता है तमिल तेलुगु मेरे लिए बंगाली था और मैंने पहले इमेजिन मैं अभी भी इमेजिन बंगाली में ही करता हूँ आई ऑलवेज से दैट आई ट्रांसलेट माई वर्क आई डोंट राइट आई इमेजिन आई ट्रांसलेट इट इन इंग्लिश सो दीज आर समॉइंट दैट यू कैन सी आई मीन they have been fascinating work in bengali literature and way back in 1882 we had begun in dorpon uh, jagadanand rai travel to venice hemlal datto writing rahasyo jagadish chandra bose writing palatok tufan uh, begum uh, rukaya sakhavat husain who was called uh, begum saka begum husain as sultana's dream it was about a gender issues and role reverses between men and women so much of modern work in vernacular so hindi i have not yet studied enough i think i will do that so i am sorry uh, arjun uh, next time i will come with a complete portfolio of hindi literature and science fiction yes so yes yes so let me come back to uh, one uh, uh, query or one one thing which i really wanted to raise that uh, this fiction really is a is a is a medium of uh, mass media Uh, really of advocacy awareness sensitivity uh, how do you see this medium being used uh, for all the uh, environmental catastrophe we are having be it you know urban floods be it air pollution uh, so many things you know the season changes and uh, so many of things do we have what needs to be done uh, from you know from literature side from or having more engagement so that uh, uh everyone even even you know those who are also not very studious uh, be it adult or be it children uh, uh, get in touch with these things but not to internalize but also to resist and make a change and have a more impact i really wanted uh, uh, dr goswami for you to reflect upon this and what should be the way forward where are we lacking uh, do we really need to Uh, comprehend such a program where wherein that in university or school education itself uh, uh, we bring this uh, arena as as you know uh, as we all uh, remember in our school days we used to write uh, essays about <clears throat> terrorism security so many different issues so how do you envisage that and do you think that uh, uh, science fiction or uh, uh, but you also mentioned that uh, harvard scholars advocating not to use any data any statistics uh, but is is that really for a country like ours do we want to go there they 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 are i would say uh, they have plateaued their data or literacy or you know that scientific temper we really do not know so uh, what do you suggest your reflection on these things what should we do of, uh, especially in the, in the, in the context of our subcontinent yes doctor no so so i i uh, uh, arjun very nice questions 
so i uh, see i am i am a data person uh, let me correct myself i don't want to communicate i think data data is just like your nerve to a body but uh, but data cannot be your entire body your body also has your character your personality your dynamics that's the fiction which is coming without data or analysis nothing should happen but it is how which data what data why that data and that needs to have a better language i am talking about the language of data communication i have uh, i think that's the space where we have lacked because that needs lot of imagination it's not an easy task getting data is easy easy these days we know how getting a software you can run anything on stata anyone can do that anyone but uh, having done uh, done modeling work for at least 17 18 years i know that you can get the data softwares are much easy coding is available but who will give you the imagination that is you right what distinguishes arjun from me it's arjun's imagination and the new education policy clearly outlines this very uh, very uh, very explicitly that even in our even in our curriculum we have not emphasized on imagination and learning and imagination and learning can happen actually in vernacular not in english and that's why i'm saying again and again okay don't feel diffident if you are imagining trust me i still sit with a dictionary when i write and i say that i translate work i i imagine in bengali imagine in your vernacular but then you have dictionary you have stuffs and the later part that you are writing in an alien language it's a practice you will get it imagination no one can take from you so from my perspective and i had suggested this sometime back to the podstem school once and they have started uh, for every research they come up instead of a policy brief they come up with a fiction now so they are preparing four page five page short story fiction to tell the research you know and my pain is that someone if someone from germany took my advice and started doing it but i have told this to so many people in india no one listened but someone from germany had to do it and when the even the lucy and the train someone from the potsdam school recognized then it becomes popular in india so this this is still a mystery to me that why don't we have faith in our own abilities of this country and the people of our country why why do we why do we are always shy of taking risk to learn the same holds for as arjun is asking me for policy research also why do we why do we have to always keep on writing because your fictional story has to be backed by data you are writing the story on the basis of data only how the plot will move from point a to point b how the plot will move that movement pattern comes from your data which character will come from where that is out of the data but what communication language i should have will an equation make a larger policy impact on the psychology of a politician or a policy maker finally we are in the business of making a change to the society as as arjun is rightly saying it's a, it's a mass we want to create a mass change policy is about the public policy is not uh, policy is not for my own private uh, private gain right 
I mean, it can be a private gain, but I see when policy comes out, that policies also has to be for the public too, in a way. That's where the ethics comes in. That's why I was saying again and again, that if a little bit of ethics is there, we can make a larger change. And there also, as a writer, that's what my dilemma is. When I create Lucy and the Train or Lucy meets AI, uh, which are my books, somewhere it's, a, it's my personal writing, which then becomes which then becomes a public property. So I'm always in a tension that something which was very personal to me, I have, I have to let it go for the public to create a change. And that's why in many of my writings, I take a, I take a, I take a stand to be from a distant. And that can be a critic from a literature point of view that my characters, and I have faced this criticism many times, that my characters are like, observing a policy they are not vulnerable enough but that's that that's that's my that's my conscious decision because somewhere i'm trying to create the convergence of science fiction and sustainability the question that arjun and simi asked arjun is is it clear sure yes 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 thank you <clears throat> Uh, Arjun, I will really look forward to uh, your Hindi uh, science fiction. That will be fun. Yeah, I will, yeah perhaps I will... you can collaborate with all ethical considerations. This will oh, be no. really, uh, yes. <laughs> interesting. We can write project to work. You know, actually, I had got some offers to translate Lucy and the Train, Lucy meets AI, but it did not move beyond the point. It's very tough. It's very very tough, especially to put in the local dialect. It's really very, very tedious, and I would say uh, very, uh, very unique experience in itself. Uh, anyhow, let me once again congratulate, yes, Dr. Goswami, uh, for putting across uh, uh, this uh, presentation, which he uh, not used fully, I would say. <laughs> but uh, we will put it on our website, so for the interest of those who like. And uh, uh, really, thank you, Simi. We can have a, a an official vote of thanks. Really, yes. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Arjun. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Professor Ananjit Goswami, for taking time out from your schedule and uh, engaging us, uh, engaging us all with such an in interesting uh, topic and discussion on science fiction and sustainability. It was Simi, a I'm pleasure a, listening I'm, to you. Simi, I am not a professor. I am just a doctor. I am not a professor. I, don't uh, make me feel shy. No, associate professor and above art professor. Okay. This is our, yes. Okay, okay. Noted. Thank you. Thank you. Apologies for that, Dr. Goswami. And uh, I also take this opportunity to thank uh, India Water Portal and uh, Terry School of Advanced Studies and uh, all our participants for posing so wonderful questions. And definitely we'll get back uh, with Dr. Goswami again in uh, the future with another topic of interest. Till then, stay tuned to hashtag planet talks with me Simi Mehta. I wish you all a very good evening. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank sir, you, Dr. Goswami. Sir, are you writing next book, Lucy and the Blockchain? <laughs> Nini, uh, I can't disclose that secret, but wait for it. Okay. Uh, perhaps we will have one more round of talks like this then. <laughs> uh, the Lu Lu Lucy 3. Wait for Lucy 3 for some time. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you and have a nice evening. Okay. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you.